0: everybody and welcome to enjoy the view i'm tessa and today on our panel we have alex hello and guest panelist ringo hi how's everyone doing Very good i'm pretty good have you all seen that there is a new rfc for the next version of vuex wait i
1: thought didn't they like just come out with vuex 4
0: that's what i thought too But my buddy Alex told me that there is an RFC for Vuex 5 already, and it looks pretty exciting.
1: Oh, yeah. Look at that. Huh. So it looks like Vuex 4 was really just meant to replace Vuex 3 in Vue 3. So it's sort of the same interface. But looking at this RFC, it looks like they are really going to change some stuff in Vuex 5, 5. So yeah, this is actually kind of exciting.
0: So before we we move forward with like what's new, let's talk briefly about what Vuex is, which it looks like the basics are also covered in this RFC a little bit, which we'll link in the show notes. I like that a lot. Ringo, can you explain what VueX is in like a nutshell?
2: Sure. So to me, I think VueX is more of Redux pattern, but implemented in the Vue.js. So what you get is a store, which you can use to inject into your Vue components and can be accessed anywhere. Inside the Vue store, usually you have different types of methods that you can call into that is called actions. We trigger actions. We call actions that triggers mutations that mutate our store, which is the values that we hold. This is probably not the best explanation, but it's like something that I just it's it's how I understand it.
0: Wait, so what's the difference between an action and a mutation?
2: That's a good question. Before the RFC, I thought that, oh, you have actions for asynchronous behavior. So if you want to do some database calls, triggers and prompts, asynchronous updates, you would do it in actions. And then mutations is pure asynchronous, and we use mutations to mutate the store.
0: That had been my understanding as well. It sounded like you were going to say, like, now you think differently or something, no?
2: Well, just by taking a look at the RFC just now, I think that has changed.
0: Well, that's interesting.
2: Yes.
1: When I think one of the big complaints about VueX so far has been that there's a lot of boilerplate when you're setting it up. First, you have to set up a a state section to be able to track uh, the state that you want to have that is reactive. And then you have to set up a mutation section, which is basically a one-to-one with your state section where you say, okay, cool, I have this piece of state. Now I need a mutation to be able to update this piece of state. So you're always writing just functions that could be automated or maybe aren't even really necessarily needed, because ultimately you're then committing a mutation from an action and updating a piece of state. And I think the current thinking is, why don't we just not have mutations and allow updates to state to happen in an action? And that'll reduce the amount of code it takes to create a Vuex store.
0: That's pretty exciting because I feel like the first time that I personally was introduced to that idea was at Chris Fritz's workshop at View Toronto in 2017. And then it sounded like in 2019-2020 that had kind of gone away at least for the time being. So to hear that it's finally coming like 4 years later.
1: Yeah, I know that Chris was always a big has always been a big proponent of you don't know, we shouldn't really have mutations You should be able to just update state in an action. And so this is a change, I think, that has been a long time coming. And part of it is that with getting VueX updated to VueX4, I think, so that it would work with Vue3, they really wanted to maintain backwards compatibility. So they weren't going to implement that change in VueX4 because that'd be too big of a breaking change. So this is really sort of the VueX5, it looks like, is really going to be the big leap into the future of changing the way that we think about Vuex.
0: Let's jump back to the definition for a minute because on the RFC, it says that Vuex is a Flux-like architecture and Ringo had said it's very Redux-like and both are true. And I feel like I've heard Flux-like architecture for so many years, but at this point I've completely forgotten what what exactly Flux is since my first introduction to Flux-like architecture was Redux. And I feel like when Redux came out, that was like a really big game changer for React. And I feel like also maybe MobX was around at the same time. Do either of you know what Flux or Flux-like architecture is? Maybe we should shorten to like Flux architecture or something because like Flux-like architecture is very hard to say.
2: My very blurry and awake memory, I think the difference is that the, Redux have a single store as compared to Flux, which is like multiple store. But in terms of details, it's kind of buried right
1: <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Flux is sort of just like a it's not necessarily an actual like library. It is a methodology, I believe.
0: So a conceptual framework.
1: Yeah, it's a conceptual framework of just like, how should data flow through your application? And, you know, similar to how in Vue apps and Vue components, we have, we're very much about, you know, we're all about like, you put props in, and you expect it to emit events up. Flux architecture is very similar in that you don't, you have very specific places where you can mutate state. You can't just mutate state from wherever, right? You would want to only update it in certain places so that you control where that data is being updated.
0: Nice. Yeah. And speaking of where data is, it seems like the main use case for the Vuex store is... Communicating between components that don't have any kind of direct generational relationship, like there's no parent and child, or like great grandparent and great grandchild, or anything like that. But View 3 introduced another way for components that are not related to communicate with each other, namely the composition API. I guess one could argue, if one were so inclined, also the teleport feature. So, do we even really need Vuex
2: 5? Yes. You can achieve similar functionalities with Composition API with the Injection Tokens syntax, but you also miss out on the Vuex toolings that you have from the DevTools. So, if you do want to retain the event checkings for the stores, and see how the store is being mutated in the dev tools. This may be something that you want to consider.
0: So, if we had a composition API dev tool, then, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure either because I've certainly have more experience with VueX than I do with the composition API. But that is an idea I've seen floating around. Honestly, I I don't think I've actually use the Composition API yet. I'm trying to think of a moment. But my impression is Composition API feels a lot more personal. You're like, hey, I have this data that I want to use for this component and this component and this component. It's not like an umbrella that kind of embraces all your components and shares its information with everything in your view app. What do you think, Alex?
1: Yeah, I have a couple of little demo fun apps that I have where I've used the Composition API. I haven't actually had a chance to use it in production yet. And I think there are places where you could theoretically create your own Flux-style architecture-based thing around the Composition API. And being that we live in Viewland land and we exist sort of in the View ecosystem, I think that we have a way of saying, hey, rather than having to roll your own, if you want something like this, here's a way to do it. And giving people sort of that tooling is kind of the the view methodology. So I think that, yeah, like, you're right. You could write your own store using just Composition API and Composition Components. But this is an easier way to kind of set it up and let other people have a standardized way of doing it.
0: That's a great point that I haven't heard yet in the Composition API versus Vuex conversation, which is how much conceptual familiarity or like structural familiarity a tool like Vuex brings, which I think is is something that like Vuex docs and Redux docs certainly highlight, but less it's less addressed in the Composition API versus Vuex discussion, which is, you know, Vuex has a very a relatively defined structure for how to use it versus something like Composition API, which feels a bit more like a free-for-all to me. Onboarding developers or like transitioning between code bases is theoretically a little bit less, has a little bit less cognitive overhead and a little bit less new things to ingest if you're using something like Vuex for most of your global data. Or you could use EventBus. I guess not if you're using Vue3. So no, let's, let's no talk- event
1: buses. <laughs> no event buses.
0: Let's let's talk about what's what's different in Vuex5. So we already mentioned that actions are going to replace mutations and be able to directly mutate the state, which I think is both both exciting and also it feels kind of intimidating, like the training wheels are coming off or something, you know, because I'm so used to us having to explicitly separate those. I guess you don't have to, but most most code bases that I've seen do.
1: Yeah, and so that's one of the major changes. The other sort of really big change, it looks like, is that they're getting rid of
0: modules. What do you mean they're getting rid of it?
1: So in Vue X3 and Vue X4, you can, if you have multiple things that you want to be able to track, so like you have users but you also have like blog posts and you also have links right and those are each going out to their own api and they kind of have their own state and their own thing you can separate them into modules there's a way that you can define a module and you can namespace it so that it has its own sort of area to work in within your store with Vuex 5 they're getting rid of that and conceptually what you would do is that you would have multiple stores so if you don't need a store in a certain thing, you only pull in the ones that you need.
0: Wait, that's in Vuex 5 as opposed to Vuex 3 or Vuex 4? So in Vuex before 5, you couldn't just use a specific... Because I always understood modules as like a substore within your store. Basically. You can't use just a substore. You have to bring in the whole store.
1: Well, so each sort of... you would Instead of thinking of it as having one global store, you would have multiple global stores, is my understanding.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, I think we, we might have been looking at the same thing, actually, because the thing that I find really interesting is that it's saying all of the store data will be available on the this context, just like a view component. And then when I'm flipping through the example, it's like in the store, just from the getter's or the actions, or the state. You can say this dot, whatever the thing is, which I I can't remember if that's really all that different from how it is or not. But more excitingly, like you don't have to map getters or map actions or anything like that in your view component. You just import the store and then use it almost, it looks like, as though it were like an ES module or something where you have the store name. In the example, they have a, a store called counter, and then everything is like a property on counter, which to me feels a lot more ergonomic and familiar pattern than the previous way that we used to do it, or I guess are doing it right now. The previous way that we will have been used to doing it, that ties into what you were saying about the multiple stores or not having substores, stores because you would just import the module with air quotes that you need.
1: Yeah, you would. So rather than having a global store where all of your data is and everything everything has access to it at all times, within your component, you would have access to the Vuex model, right? The Vuex sort of like plugin. You would be able to, in your when you are making your store, you define a store. So you say, this is what my store looks like. This is all of the things that it has as state, it has getters, it has actions, and then you have Vuex, which you create an instance of view x, and then you say, Okay, cool. Hey, view x, give me this store information. And it will, and you give it the store that you have defined inside of the component. So in that component, for instance, you would say, as a computed value, I have a computed value called counter, right? And I'm going to bring in my store, my Vuex store called counter. So we're bringing in that store. And then the counter computed value would return the value of store counter store. And it would then have You would then be able to access all of the actions and all of the state and all of the getters via this dot counter. So it'd be this dot counter count, this dot counter double, if you have like a getter that automatically doubles the count. And then like if you need to dispatch an action, you don't call dispatch anymore. You just call this dot counter dot whatever, like increment or something.
0: Dare I say this almost feels like mixins, but make it namespaced. You're just like rolling all the stuff in, but it feels cleaner somehow,
1: yeah. This, and I think some of it is that since this is just for tracking state, mixins that always had sort of this magical like hooking into method, like hooking into lifecycle methods and stuff like that, right? Like it, it had a way to yeah,
0: like where is it coming from,
1: right? And you're like, I don't know, I don't have a thing get set with VueX, Like the whole point is that this is just state. Like there isn't a hook into the on create event. It's really just state.
0: Yeah, I wonder if any any place is using Vue Three in production yet. Because I mean, Vuex isn't even out yet. But I'm already excited and ready to use these changes. And I am never excited to use Vuex. But now I'm like super excited to use Vuex. I'm like, oh god, I wish I had something that needed a store. In UX5, so I could try this out right now.
1: Well, remember, this is still an RFC, and it's open for yeah. comment as of today, March fourth. So it isn't necessary; it isn't available yet.
0: Yeah, I don't know that a comment being like "give it to me now" is very useful, though.
1: <laughs> and another thing that it looks like they're also doing with UX5 to sort of go with the whole Vue 3 Composition API thing is they're making composition-based stores.
0: Yeah, what does that mean, a composition-based store?
1: So, Ringo, do you have thoughts? Have you gone down to that part yet?
2: Not reading deep into it. I'm assuming this is based on the Composition API, but instead of using the... UX traditional UX syntax, we actually use leveraging the Composition API in our store, is my guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, so rather than like passing in an object that has a state section and a getters section and an action section, you give the define store function where you define a store, you give it a name because all of, all of your stores now have to have a key. They have to have a key so that you can reference it as something. Yeah, a key, the string
0: Oh, meaning the name.
1: Yeah, the name. It's the name of it. But they call it a key because it's the key name. Fancy. Fancy. (laughs) You pass it a string, which is the name or key of it, and then a function. And with that function, you can define refs, you can define computed, you can define actions as just functions, and then whatever you return is available on your Vuex store. So if you've ever been in the situation, like I have, where I use Vuex at work, and we have some stuff where we wanted to have private Vuex methods that do things internally, but we didn't want to expose to the outside world. It was very difficult. You'd have to sort of define them outside the structure of UX and then you'd need to make sure that you pass all the context in and oh it was just it was a whole thing. With
0: this can you explain what you mean by the private method? Like something that you wouldn't use if you. Yeah,
1: like it's it's just a method that like you don't want anybody to use. It's something that you need to use internally, right? Like I'm going to massage a bunch of data. I'm going to make it I'm getting data from an API, but I want it to look this other way, right? So I'm going to define a function and I don't, it doesn't need to be an action. It doesn't need to be a getter. It doesn't need to be a mutation. I just need a function that I put data in and it spits data out, right? And with that type of function, you're going to not define it within the structure of a Vuex store. With the composition thing, with this composition concept, you're able to define it within that composition function, but you don't have to return it and expose it. It can just be used internally. It's an internal implementation detail.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. Because if you, in the old way, if you include the function in the store, then you always have the risk of somebody thinking it's something you can use. But massaging data from an API is an unfortunate reality that many of us have to face. But with this, we don't have to worry about that because we can explicitly define what is available outside of the store component. Is that about it? Yep, that's about it. Nice.
2: Yeah, kind of circling back to what we were talking about earlier, what like the difference between composition API and using Vuex store. Like looking yeah. at the Vuex store using the composition API syntax is very similar to how you would like use the Vuex store without Vuex, which is neat
0: wait, use the Vuex store without Vuex?
2: Right, to use the Composition API to replace Vuex store, the the way that this is implemented is very similar to how we can use Vuex store, but with Composition API. Mm. So you define some kind of key or strings to say, hey, this piece of store can be accessed by this thing. Then basically it's just returning Composition API objects, right? Which is how you would can't kind of do it also with without Vuex.
0: The composition API store still gets stored with my other stores, right? This isn't something that users would be putting directly inside their component. Okay, people are nodding
1: because of the new way that you would add a Vuex store to. A component, you would still import it into the component and then have to use it in the component, but you wouldn't be using it.
0: It wouldn't be defined in the component, would it? Right. (laughs) Because when I when I I feel like I'm so used to seeing the composition API explicitly in a component. But when I'm looking at this and thinking about Vuex, I'm like, well, that wouldn't make sense. So it probably wouldn't be there. But just looking at the snippet of code that they show, I'm not like 100% sure. But I feel like if some of your store was with like your other stores and then some of it was in components. Now, that really feels like makes sense all over again.
1: Yeah. No, this is yeah. with stores. You really want to define all of them kind of all in one place so that everything, all your components can access them. If you define a store in a component, then might as well just make the data be in the component.
0: Yeah, I like to put all of my stores and components in one file so that I never have to worry that it's not in the current context.
1: It's so much easier just to put all your components into one file and it's better for prototyping. You put 10 components in one file and just prototype super fast. It's amazing.
0: These are some hot view best practice tips here.
1: (laughs) Hot don't take Alex's advice practices here.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I also think it's interesting, like the whole idea behind composition API is to extract logics within the view components so that it can be reused. So yeah, like composition API doesn't necessarily have to be in a view component. It can be in a separate file that is being reused either be through imports or like through uh, injects from from view a view
0: instance.
1: It can also yeah. be used to create patterns that you see happening repeatedly in multiple places in your code base, too.
0: Yeah, I'm really curious what patterns we're going to see across developers and code bases as Composition API gets more widely adopted, because I feel like there are so many less and more confusing ways to use it. And so it's simultaneously exciting and intimidating.
1: Yeah, a pattern that we tend to use at work for Vuex, we actually made an entire like class to generate the various parts of a Vuex store so that we can very quickly add calls like fetch calls to the API and it creates all the all the getters we would need all of the sort of managing the like loading state, rejected state, error state, right? and so being able to just very quickly go okay cool create a new create a new store module and add this state add these getters add these mutations add these actions has cut down a lot and it's made it easier for us to prototype or build things a lot faster and with this i can see that happening here as well where you go okay cool go ahead and just make my generic fetch handler composition api function stuff right and it just generates all of that stuff and returns all the things that you need access to and then you can just spread that in a return from your thing and voila you now have you now have a new store thing that you can access anywhere and call that api and have all of the benefits of like tracking loading state and error state and what have you
0: Another interesting thing i noticed here that didn't even occur to me is that when you use a composition store, you don't have to reference the dot value part of each property, which I feel like was is a thing that tripped up a lot of Vue developers when Composition API came out, which I think is very nice. But I also wonder if it's going to cause confusion, especially among maybe newer to Vue developers over like, when do I need this dot value thing? And when don't I need the dot value? Or like if it will... Encourage a trend of always using Composition API within a store. Now I feel like we were one of those like YouTube videos where we got like a leak of the next camera or like the next console and we're just speculating on what it's going to be like. I guess that's what we're doing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, a little bit. I mean, yeah, I think it'll be interesting for sure to see what the future holds for Vue and Vuex. As far as like adoption of the composition API and you know how people write components from here on out.
0: Yeah, speaking of changes, let's talk a little bit about how Vuex5 is proposing automatic store registration. So this seems potentially related to the whole idea that we don't need modules, but it also seems like they're cached.
2: Uh, I think that the key takeaway there, just by looking at the GitHub docs, is that the store is not registered until it's used. So if you register a store, but you never actually reference it anywhere, it actually won't be included. It won't be activated in your code.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the main difference here is like with the existing flow, I have my root store and then I have all my modules and I include them all in the root store and then I have like the main the papa store that I can use everywhere and then with the new way it's just I have all my store sections or chunks I guess and anytime I decide to import one of those chunks into my component that's when that store would get registered for the first time but then you know exist for any other components that want to use it and so when Webpack is compiling, it won't include any chunks that are not being used in any components. Is that right?
2: Yeah, it allows like code splitting to be a little bit easier for the Turings Because before, like the Turing doesn't know what is being used or not. And now, like, with this different story, it allows the, the tooling to do that.
1: This feels a lot like register and unregister module, the way that Vuex is currently implemented. You can hot load modules on the fly and the current implementation of Vuex, but it's not something that you typically do and it looks like with Vuex 5 that's going to be like the standard
0: i mean is there an un- un- unload i didn't see that part
1: i did not see that part either that'd be a great comment to make <laughs>
0: This whole thing feels very exciting in a very weird way because I almost, I feel like I'm more familiar with this non-existent Vuex 5 than I am with like the existing vuex 3 that I've been using for the past few years. It also looks like there's some limited support for circular store references, which is kind of interesting and feels dangerous and like an exciting, let's break some stuff kind of way. They do They do note that you should try to avoid circular references. And there's also a reference to hoisting, which is always exciting.
1: Yeah. So with the circular references, A, it's typically you don't want to have like a bunch of, in classic Vuex, you don't want to have a bunch of modules referencing other modules because then everything starts turning into spaghetti code a little bit. But you can, you can do that. Likewise, you don't necessarily want to be able to go way overboard with referencing information in other stores like having two stores refer to each other simultaneously. So, circular references, you have store A, store A refers to store B, and store B refers to store A, right? At that point, you now have a circular reference where in theory, you could accidentally trigger something in store A that triggers something in store B which triggers something in store A which triggers something in store, a, something in store B, right? Get this circular
0: reference. That I'm my own grandpa problem.
1: Yes. The going back in time and killing your own grandfather to stop yourself from being born. Things get weird when that happens. So with using, you can use stores and other stores in Vue X5. So if you use the traditional sort of object definition way where you, you have a use section and you can say, use this other store as part of this module and then anywhere in your getters or in your methods you can reference that other store and get data from it. So yeah, in the composition store you can only access other stores within function calls. So if you're making a function that calls computed, you should be able to use it there. If you're making a function call that you're going to return it as an action, should also work there, but it won't work in just sort of like the base part of the component when you're def- or in the base part of the store when you're defining it right in your composition function you can't reference the state of the other store as it may or may not have actually been instantiated yet so
0: yeah i mean i feel like in an ideal world like you know those cafeteria food trays are like children's plates that have the separate sections I think there was like a big scene in, in the Robin Williams movie, Toys Like This. All of the food is neatly separated and it doesn't touch. And in the ideal world, that's how I would want all of my store chunks to operate is that they wouldn't touch. But realistically, we know that like a pea is going to get into the mashed potatoes at some point. Well, It looks like there's three remaining big aspects of the Vuex 5 RFC that we haven't talked about yet, which is plugins. TypeScript support, and then SSR and hydration. The SSR hydration part seems the most exciting to me, but I'd like to talk a bit about plugins because I feel like plugins is this magical word that you say, oh, and you can incorporate whatever you like with plugins. And then everybody's like, ah, that makes my life so much easier. And I'm just sitting there like, what the heck does that mean? And the example given in the RFC is bringing in Axios, which is certainly used with UX quite often as a plugin.
1: So, yeah, with Vuex plugins, it looks like for five, as long as you import the plugin when you create the Vuex instance, so not when you create the store, but when you actually create the Vuex instance, you can then apply it throughout all of your Vuex stores. So, for instance, if you want to add Axios, you would add it on the store properties and then Pass it in as a plugin. Where this gets interesting is, is that that means, in theory, you could add a reference to your view router in your Vuex store. So your store actions could, in theory, trigger router actions.
0: Right. So real quickly, like in the existing implementation, if I want to use Vuex multiple modules, I mean Axios multiple modules, what I have to delete all of them i mean imported axios in every single module
2: yeah so i think this also allow us to like mock things out pretty much easier if, because now the plugin is within like the real instance right it's control part view so instead of us using like some kind of es6 like module marking we can just mock the plugin that's being injected into view that which allows us to like test, test much easier without you know going for the whole like marketing ethics module
0: yeah that's another thing about this rfc that feels really exciting i feel like there's a lot of positive implications for store testing which as we talked about in our last episode is always super fun to do and by super fun i mean very tricky so is is a plugin kind of like how we have flux like architecture does it basically imply a certain type of api is the idea that like any plugin output in my store has an expected input and output? What's a plugin?
2: Yeah, I mean it will be de- depends on the plugin that you're injecting, right? What I think is going to be interesting is like how is this uh, plugin going to work with TypeScript, being that the instance is being injected into Vue, and the language like the Vue doesn't necessarily know like what methods you have access to because you are not directly referencing it in the file, which I think will be interesting because one of the changes that we're going to talk about next is TypeScript support. After reading the GitHub docs, it looks like they actually have that covered. So they, for TypeScript support, they mentioned a session about plugins. The plugins offer must provide some kind of typing interface for the plugin. And then it would extend the compositions store contacts, which allows us to have TypeScript support for the plugins.
0: So the impact of that is basically when I use the store in my component and I start typing this dot store name, it'll autofill with all of the properties on the store that I can use and what inputs they expect, right?
2: Yes. Uh, I think it's more than the store name. I think it's like store and then the plugins that you're actually using. So in some cases it may be like Axios. So this dot Axios and then Once you have, you reference that particular plugin, then you have all the APIs that's available for that plugin.
0: Nice. I mean, this feels like such a big change. I I almost wonder if if this RFC comes out as is, if there would be kind if it would kind of be more like a fork rather than an iteration, like there would be like the Vuex 3, 4 pattern people, or I guess users, and then like the Vuex 5 pattern users, because it just seems like quite a significant mind shift.
1: Yeah, this is a really, really big change in how, how things work.
0: So the last mentioned feature in the RFC that we haven't talked about yet is serialization and, and hydration. And it says that it can also apply to SSR hydration. And correct me if I'm wrong, but serialization is basically taking all of your data and flattening it into one giant string. And then, when you want to hydrate or reuse that data after you've stored it as that giant string, then you take that giant string and translate it back into its original form.
1: Yes, that is my understanding of it too. So it's a way to basically say, okay, cool. When I made this page, this was the state of my store. You figure out how to put it all back together.
0: Yeah, it looks like they're suggesting having some kind of built in. Support for doing that so you could save it to like the user's browser data or cookies or something, which feels like that could be quite nice. I don't know what security implications would be there, but I like that a lot. So before we wrap, I just want to talk about how nice this RFC is. To be fair, I haven't read that many, but for example, when the composition API one came out, I remember that was pretty tough to get through. And this one, the way it's structured, like it first explains the existing. UX implementation. It does a pretty good job of covering most of the bases of what the new changes are, why they're making them, what the advantages and potential caveats would be versus the old application. And then other, other related ideas that are also interesting, or I guess relevant and crucial, but including comments about whether they would be addressed in this RFC versus a different RFC and why. Like overall, it just feels very clean and well thought out.
1: Yeah, this is an RFC that makes me very excited about the future.
0: Yeah. And with that, it's time to move on to this week's picks. Ringo, would you like to go first?
2: My pick is going to be Wanda Vision, which is a show on Disney+. Plus. Highly recommend it. Definitely, uh, if you're a Marvel fans, we should
0: go watch it. Nice. How about you, Alex?
2: So this week, I have a pick. And
0: ooh. I know,
1: it's crazy. It's like I've never had a, had a pick before.
0: That never happens.
1: My wife, Allison, loves candles. She loves candles a lot. And she also really likes books. And specifically, she likes fiction sometimes fantasy, sometimes science fiction, but she generally, in general, she likes fiction. And so there is a company called Frostbeard Studio who they make book-themed candles. And we have we have quite a few of them. They all smell wonderful. I can highly recommend them. For instance, and the names of them are also fantastic. So, for instance, you have one that is called Through the Wardrobe. It is spruce, applewood, and snow, is what it smells like. Snow? Yeah, because when they, in Narnia, when they went through, or in the Narnia Chronicles, when they went through the wardrobe. The Lion, the Witch,
0: in the Wardrobe, right? The Lion, the Witch, in the
1: Wardrobe, and then it was, they were in the middle of the forest, and it was snowing, and so they're trying to elicit that sensory thing.
0: Snow is a scent. Yeah. I mean, it has a scent, but just the idea that you could inject it into a candle, I'm like...
1: I'm from the south. I don't know if snow has a scent. We don't really oh. get it down here in Georgia, so and when we do, everybody I think panics and like Mr. screams. And, has a scent. Yeah, like there's it's mass pandemonium when we get snow down here because it's just like we think that it's the end of the world. There's this weird white stuff coming from the sky. So I haven't ever noticed a smell.
0: Ringo, you look yeah. very excited about these candles. <laughs>
2: Being from New York City, I can definitely tell you, like snow on the on the street, definitely has a sense. <laughs> not snor- that
0: smell. <laughs> Those are like <laughs> snow mixins. That's not the smell of snow. I remember I saw a comment on a meetup once where somebody had said, "Eat the snow," and then the meetup organizer simply replied, "This is New York." <laughs> I don't know why, but that that has stuck in my mind for the last two years. Rent free. Nice. Okay, so I guess that makes it time for my pick, which is mask chains. so mask chains are kind of like the chains that people used to wear for their glasses. I don't know if they still do. I feel like it's always been associated with with like a certain generation, like not a specific generation, but always like the generation that is on the middle age to older end or a librarian trope, maybe. But, you know, you can hook it, if you wear glasses, you can hook it onto the, are they called arms? Everybody's wearing glasses except me. Are they called arms like the, that like go over your ear? They're laughing at me. <laughs>
1: I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm new to glasses. These are my first pair. Oh, so.
0: congratulations. I know.
1: I know. I can see again. It's amazing.
0: But yeah, you can hook it onto the the parts of your glasses right behind your ear. And then you can take off your glasses and just hang them around your neck when you're not wearing them. So it's very similar to that but it's for your face mask. And when these first started coming out, I was like, I don't know if I really need that or not. But personally, like, I really don't like having things around my neck, which is what usually ends up happening with a mask when I'm not wearing it. And so I decided to finally try it out. It's so much nicer than having my mask sitting on on my chin or under my chin. And I don't know if it's if it's safer or more hygienic to have it around your neck versus like in your pocket. Cause on the one hand you can air it out. On the other hand, all that air is touching it. You don't know what's in the air, but it's, it's nice. And and the one I got came with like a little clip, so I can either clip it to my shirt or like clip the mask a little bit folded closed. So I'll add, I'll add a link to some mask chains on Etsy or something. Cause I think the one that I got might be a little bit hard to find. Yeah.
1: All right, so now that you have these mask chains, if you do get glasses, are you going to be one of those people that has glasses chains so that you can you can wear them around your neck when you don't need them?
0: Do you mean like I would have my mask chain and like I feel like that I don't know if you've ever worn multiple necklaces, but that can get a little <laughs> bit tricky.
1: I have not worn multiple necklaces. You have you've have <laughs> got me there.
0: Yeah, and then imagine if on top of that I had wired headphones.
1: Oh, yeah, no, that does not sound, that's not going to work. You just keep your AirPods in all the time. That's all you got to do. Just...
0: If only you could chunk necklaces like you could chunk modules. They they do have these things that like let you hook multiple necklaces to a single core. I don't know what to call it. It's like a stem with little rings coming off either side. So you can kind of keep them stacked in a certain order to theoretically help prevent necklaces from tangling. Maybe somebody will make something like that for glasses and mask chains, but I, I can't imagine there's a big enough market or that it would be like, like an accessible enough product that it would see mass adoption. But I guess, you know, last year was pretty un- unpredictable, so who knows what 2021 will bring, right? Indeed. And that's all for this week's episode. If you aren't following us on Twitter, you can find us at Enjoy the Viewcast. And on that note, if you aren't subscribing to us yet, why not? Please do. And if you have time, leave us a review. And finally, remember to tell at least one friend what you enjoyed about this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And until next time, enjoy the view.